Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, Bruce, you brought us a uh, topic today. I did. This is a Bruce original. <clears throat> yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, Voltron Commanders. Boo. Yeah, that's, Just kidding. that's the... That is the standard response. Uh, the the belief that somehow Voltron commanders are no good. Mm-hmm. Voltron commanders are no fun. Voltron commanders are uh, are a waste of your time. Well. And <clears throat> I thought uh, we would go through the pluses and minuses of a of of running the Voltron commander. Everything from we go from deck building to deck play and on. Generally speaking, I think. Uh, I think a Voltron commander gets a bad rap. I know that when I run my, the decks that I have that are rely primarily on a Voltron commander, I've always had a good time. There are some issues, but we can talk about that as we go through the rest of the show. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, actually a coincidence that I brought this deck today um, to to play, possibly. Nice. Um, uh, I'm holding my Sir Gwyn deck. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, we have a whole deck tale about it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like Voltron commanders. From like a fun aspect because they can do big things, uh, but you know, uh, we can follow your lead. Sure, we'll we'll go under the assumption that I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about the pluses or the minuses first? Um, let's talk about the minuses. These are the things that everybody knows, right? So the obvious first one, you have to do the 21 points of damage yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, you know when you're looking at your opponents. The, the key thing to remember normally in, in a normal game of Commander is that you don't have three opponents. You have three other players. Mm-hmm. So if you are trying to get rid of one of those players, there are three of you doing it. So you can take that 40 life, divide it by three, and realize that all, if all of you do 13 damage, you're still going to be one short. Because that's just math. <laughs> but um, the idea is that because all three of you are going after the same target their life total that you essentially have help you don't have to do it all yourself you don't need to be able to do a full 40 40 points of damage to one player you just need to do your share Mm. um the problem with uh, running a voltron commander if you're looking to eliminate them and that's what you're trying to do if you're trying to win this game you need to do 21 points of commander damage and it's not 21 points of everybody's commander it's just yours so you have to do that all on your own. Um, you can get a little bit of help in that, you know, maybe somebody else can stop them from blocking. Maybe somebody can pump your commander a little more. But practically speaking, you have to do the 21. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just hard. It's hard to do. Uh, even with a, ded- a dedicated Voltron commander, you're looking at at least two swings. Right. And that's generally speaking once the game has progressed a little bit. If you're swinging in early, you're looking at three, four, five hits before you can actually get that 21 points of damage in. So Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we've said it about 20 times so far, but Voltron, for those uh, Ooh, yeah. that don't know, uh, Voltron, I guess uh, a rough estimate would be uh, a commander that likes to suit up. I guess yeah. Uh, I mean, use mo- use artifacts and enchantments on a single creature, you know, like like the the eighties cartoon, yeah, Voltron, uh, to uh, to to go big with one and knock right, right in. <clears throat> I mean, your legendary creatures, generally speaking, are not twenty one twenty one creatures. 
Mm. So, or even 11-11's double strike. Right. You need, you're going to need to do a little extra work or you're going to need to swing more often. And most of the time, the better option is to make the commander a little bigger. Mm-hmm. So you have to hit less often. Um, so that's generally where the idea of or where the term Voltron sort of comes from. And yeah, you're trying to do 21 points of commander damage with your commander. That's generally what a Voltron deck is looking mm. at. Um, something we will not probably be talking about too much that also would be under the definition of a Voltron commander would be pumping up something to 10 and getting in for infect. Uh, they all fall under the same kind of idea, uh, but to not say that a, uh, like a, a 10 something with infect is not Voltron. Uh, it is. So, yeah, I mean, the idea is you're targeting with a single, right. With a single source and hammering in and, we're talking commander, so it's most of the time it's going to be your commander because we're looking at 21 points of damage as opposed to a general 40 and having yeah. to try and hit for that. And one. that's without any uh, life gain or, you know, whatever. And, right. And that's without any blockers. <laughs> right. Um, so, like I said, the 21 points of damage by itself, you're not getting help. So you really are reliant on your deck to shine. Your deck's got to come through for you every single time um, and we all know that doesn't always happen mm. there are plenty of games where uh it's mana screw mana flood you know you're missing some key components to your deck during the course of the game it just happens but when you're in a group game a lot of times you can fake it you can you know hide in the weeds for at least a little bit until things start to come around that's how i usually play my games <laughs> right with a voltron commander hiding in the weeds means Everybody else is just getting a little lower on life total, but you still need to do the 21. Mm. That total doesn't change. The only time that number changes is when their entire life total gets below 21. Right. In which case, you're just finishing them off with your commander. Right. Um, so it's, you know, it's just something to sort of keep in mind. Yeah. And kind of when the whole strategy of the deck ends up being like, okay, get my commander out. Uh, suit up my commander with all these either enchantments or uh, artifacts. What's the word? Equipments. There we go. Uh, the the idea is that, I mean, like, when so much of the deck relies on that workflow, that that, that gameplay, yeah. um, it, it doesn't really uh, open the deck up for more well-roundedness that you would kind of need for a game for a deck to be you want the consistency consistency yeah. thank you yeah consistency with a voltron deck yes your commander is always there right you, can, you have ready access um but the consistency usually involves something else mm. um maybe you've got three or four cards that give your commander double strike if you don't draw those cards well you're going to have to hit twice as often because the double strike just isn't there um and then it turns into how consistent is your deck how consistently can you get to that 21 quickly without having to take so long that it becomes pointless right you're aiming to do this and even beyond that you know there's the whole thing with people see it coming so they'll prepare, they'll yes. kill your commander, so then you have to play it again and again and again, and each time, not only is the commander tax going up, you're probably paying to equip these things. Right. Uh, which then just adds up, and you need like a lot of mana, 
Right. And then and you're, you're like, not, oh, well, I need to ramp more. And then it's, you know, right. it's a weird balancing act. And if you're not paying to equip, well, then the aura that you had on the creature is now gone. Mm. You have to either get that from the graveyard or find something else that's going to do a similar, a similar act. All of this can get challenging. It sort of ties into the next point that I had. When putting the deck together, it's difficult to build the deck in a way that you're not simply winning the exact same way over and over and over again. Right. Um, and as anybody who's had a commander deck for more than, you know, who's played it for more than a dozen times, that gets bored. That gets dull fast. Yeah. And do you really want to run the same, the same kill condition over and over again? The whole point of commander is hundred card singleton. It's supposed to be variety. It's supposed to be some, you know, you want, you want to mix it up. And so if you've built this Voltron deck that essentially wins using the same cards in the same way over and over again, and we're already moving down that path because you already know you're doing this <laughs> with commander damage, right? Um, then the deck itself just gets boring. Uh, you know, it, and that becomes, it becomes really tricky because then you're looking at alternate ways to buff your commander that make it feel different for you. Maybe you're looking to build up your commander as this indestructible force that just simply hammers through everything in its path. Or maybe you're looking to build it as uh, a massive creature with shadows, so it simply slips through any defenses that they have right. and hits. Um, you know, you can, you know, there are a variety of ways to do this, but generally, you know, you have to be aware of all of this as you're doing your build. Yeah. Because you just, you know, it's very easy to just put a half a dozen half a dozen ways to give it double strike and a half a dozen ways to you know to pump it up so it's huge and just rely on those those right. options over and over again to get through i think yeah and i think what kind of also harps more on that that boring aspect is that you know when building the deck you're gonna still be wanting to put in ramp you're still gonna want to be putting in protection and uh removal mm-hmm. and all these things but if, like, because there are then going to be so many categories, because then you're going to want, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to want evasion, you're going to want ways to pump up your your commander. So, like, because you're you keep on adding these things, and to make it more consistent, you want to have especially the evasion and the uh, the the pumps to be uh, more consistent, right? Uh, you, you're you're going to be looking at the the rest of the slots and be like, oh, like it's it's not very varietous. Um, like there are obviously ways around that that we'll talk about a little later with pluses, but um, it it does end up looking like, oh, I'm just going to pick the best artifacts or the best equipment, and I'm going to pick the best, I don't know, uh, other things that right do the things I was just saying. Yeah, and to sort of tie it along that line, how it feels like you're playing the same way it go even goes beyond just the cards mm-hmm. i mean if you're playing a voltron command and you're trying to do 21 points of commander damage the best option is to choose one opponent and hit them repeatedly yeah. until they're dead because that is because you, you, if you're trying to do commander damage you're not getting help from anyone else so it's not as though okay, I'll just throw in a few points here and a few points there and I'll mix it around so everybody's getting hurt. Because then everybody's still there. Yeah. And they can all still swing back at you. You're not eliminating that opponent to get them out. And so it 
it turns into a situation where your play style itself becomes very uh, very uniform. Stale. It becomes stale. So you're not often getting an opportunity where it makes sense to hit one opponent you know, for six points of damage and on the next turn to hit a different opponent. Right. Because um, you want to get these people... You know, the whole point is to do the twenty-one to right. a player, and I've, I've I've definitely seen this in my Lelia deck, which I guess could then also be considered a Voltron right. commander. Um, it does a lot of other things just because of the nature of the card draw and the things that the deck does. But overall, it's a Voltron commander, and it is much easier to go one by one. Um, I've I've honed it in a bit to have a good amount of protection and uh, self-protection, honestly, uh, to to be able to kind of get around these these pitfalls that, that Voltron tends to wind up in. But, you know, uh, to, to lead us into our, our last, our next, oh, there's, yeah, there's two more. Our, our next point um, with uh, that is like, okay, you're, you're going after this one person again and again and again and again. First off, that's not going to do great for your your political game in this game. Uh, yeah, it's going to peeve that person for one. So the next game you play against this person, they're going to come right back at you. Um, and second, you're going to put that person out of the game immediately. Right. Um, and our next point is quite that yeah. that person is out of the game. Now what? You have to follow that up with taking two other people out, unless they're already going at each other. Uh, but generally, you have to follow it up with finishing the game rather quickly. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, that fourth person is just bored or sad or not playing, and you did that. You did that, Bruce. Right. And that's part of that's part of the problem with you know. Not only does it create a uniformity, a staleness in your gameplay going after the one person and eliminating them, you now also have a person who who gets to sit there and stew about it. Mm. Who gets to watch the rest of the game knowing that, oh, Andy managed to take me out early with his Voltron commander, but now he's having a problem trying to do that to the next person. And now the game is dragging and yeah. going on and on. And, I mean... We all want these commander games to be fun for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and that's not really fun for everybody. So, And honestly, even along the same lines, it does do the thing that all commander games wind up doing, which is you kill one opponent, now you have two people looking directly at you rather than those two people looking... Like, like yeah. they, they, things are slightly more focused towards you, especially now that they know that you can take somebody out. Right. Um yeah, and that's kind of the tricky part, cause, because with Voltron, there's no sneaking up. Right. It's not as though, oh, look, somebody's down to eight life. I've managed to hear, I'm going to swing and do that eight points of damage. Oh, okay. So you finished them, but maybe you're not necessarily the threat. You just did. You, you just happened to be there at the right time to do that point, those points of damage. With Voltron, you're doing 21. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe you are swinging in for the last last eight points of damage on that 21, but you've already done all the other. 
everybody knows that you can do this. So, th yeah, there's 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 nowhere to hide here. Yeah, and especially where you're putting all your eggs in the basket of this one creature doing all of it, uh, it leaves you kind of open. Uh, you kill one person, you've then two other players have a turn before it gets back to you. Um, and, I mean, that's the nice thing with Sir Gwyn, at least, right. is that she's got vigilance. Uh, she's got vigilance, she's got menace. So, like, she already has the blocking, she's got the uh, evasion already tacked onto her. Mm -hmm. um, but... I mean, you look at any of these other Voltron kind of commanders, um, I guess except for Yennet. Yennet also has Vigilance uh, and Menace. Um, but you look at a lot of these Voltron commanders, let's say Lelia. Uh, she's tapped until it comes back to me. Right. Um, and if somebody has any sort of removal, it's going towards that because it requires you to get those plus ones on to actually do the thing. Otherwise, you're starting from zero again. Uh, right. So, I mean, it, it, it's... You can have it be consistent. There are ways. It's not impossible. It's just... Right, and that, that sort of hits into the last point I've mm -hmm. got as far as the, the minuses of a Voltron. You really do need to build with an alternate plan in mind. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is less of a minus and more of a an, alter, an alternative solution. But... Your deck can't be completely Voltron. It just can't. Your opponents... It, it's too easy for your opponents to key in on your commander or whatever other car, other key card you're running and simply take that out, which leaves you then completely high and dry and unable to do anything else. There has to be an alternate. There has to be... Uh, even if it's just you know the rest of your deck with creatures trying to get in to do damage or to hang you know or to to protect or however but there has to be an alternate mm -hmm. there has to be another solution um and honestly that's a that's a solution that you really want your opponents to know is there you don't want them wiping out your voltron because they think that that's your only solution you don't want to have to rely on the alternate but at the same time you do have to have it there because there are you know, yeah. I mean, my Yenit deck is an example. It is primarily Voltron, but it will run without. I mean, without Yenit on the board, it continues to do what it does. It, you know, puts, it has a good curve. It puts it's some got, creatures yeah. out. It has well, no, it has a lousy curve because it's only odd. But um, it's it, it, it compensates by being fairly low. Like you've got right. your big haymakers, but right. So it allows me to, to, you know, like, okay, the Voltron plan is not working for this, working right now. Let's shift, let's shift gears and we're going to, you know, we're going to focus on, focus on getting some card draw and being able to, you know, uh, get, get out a number of creatures onto the battlefield and use that as an alternate plan. Yeah. It's, you know, the plan is not as good as Yenit swinging as a Voltron commander. But there's an alternate plan. Um, yeah. And I think generally what you, you're going to find that your alternate plan is is playing the game. Not necessarily playing, you know, your deck. But it's just yeah. like doing the magic thing of playing creatures and playing spells. And uh, Honestly, I've found that with my Lelia deck, the best alternate plan is 
playing the political game. Like, yeah, uh, you can very easily show that you don't really have much on the board. Um, try to not whine about it, like I do sometimes. But I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> like the the with commander, you can have people look other ways. You can yeah. be like, look, you know. I'll I'll help out when I can get my commander back out mm-hmm. or something like there are these political maneuvers that you can you can work around to uh, kind of slow your descent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I mean, I find fairly helpful, especially with new decks. Um, right. Well, and with any with any Voltron, that's an option. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, my commander is not on the battlefield. If it doesn't have haste, then you've even got that. You know, look, you know that even if I cast it, I'm still not going to be able to do anything. So, I'm in a weakened position. So, yes, you could attack. However, we're more concerned about this other player, and whether I've got my commander out really makes no difference. That right. player is still the is still the primary threat. You should be focused on them. How well that works, I guess that depends on the threat assessment of the other players and how convincing you are and how nasty your command your your commander has been in the past <laughs> so. it's it's amazing because i mean you know i keep bringing up lelia um but like it's a deck that i've played fairly often fairly recently uh and it's because it does do that one thing which is just like these huge plays and takes a person out maybe uh quickly but but like i've also heard from people in our play group that it just like is such a fascinating deck and i think that granted it's doing the new red thing which is lots of impulse draw uh which is exciting right um see and with that i think we're getting into some of the positives oh or yes. at least some of the ways to work around some of the, right. the minuses that we've talked about and i think uh, like like you've just like you've just described how the deck plays out. If that's interesting enough to your opponents, a lot of times you'll get leeway. Or if you can make it so that what's happening with your deck is way more exciting, that's another way around the minuses. Yeah. I don't know. Do we want to hop to a head? Oh, absolutely. Before we jump over to uh, jump over and talk about the bonuses and the pluses. Yeah. When we get back, we'll talk more about kind of ways to get around the negatives and kind of transition smoothly into the positives, the pluses, the pros. Uh, We'll wax poetic about pros. It's a dumb little pros joke. Uh, We'll be right back. This episode of Tumble False Pod is brought to you by Fire Shrieker. Ah, fire! Fire Shrieker. Nothing goes in a Voltron deck better than Fire Shrieker. Ah, fire! Now back to you. Uh, <laughs> welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're talking today about Voltron. We're we're talking about the pluses now. We've we've talked about why we've talked about the thing that everybody knows about Voltron, which is that it's a big poopoo stinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not. No, not all the time. Sometimes no. it's a lot of fun. Sometimes it does the thing that we want exactly it to do. Well, and that's literally my first... The first pro of a Voltron deck is, for the most part, they work. 
when you're dedicating an entire deck to doing a specific thing with a card that you always have access to, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the equivalent of a series of two-card combos. Mm. And you already have one in your hand. I mean... It does this, deck. This should, this should be not that difficult to be able to manage this. And it turns out that when you really do dedicate a lot of a lot of the cards in your deck to this, mm-hmm. to the you know the Voltron idea, that um, they work. Uh, I've had plenty of games where uh, Voltron decks that I was running have you know have have comfortably cruised in and done the twenty one points of damage, uh, damage to one or two opponents, and then I can usually count on my opponents to finish somebody else off for me before I get there. Um, so it's a, you know, and it's a wonderful thing, um, because you're, you know, because the dedication goes that way. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, like the only thing that's really holding you back is, uh, the, 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 the consistency of your land drops. Um, or if people are targeting you and targeting you and targeting you and targeting you, like, you're just going to have to, I mean, I don't know, I guess put in more protection. Uh, well, you redouble. Um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the negatives that we talked about are products of the deck building itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Voltron decks do have a tendency to draw attention to themselves, especially if you kill one person fairly early on, because then suddenly everyone's afraid that you're going to be able to do it to them out of nowhere. Right. Now, that's not generally the case. Uh, it's, you know, it's not as though you're going to suddenly swing in and, and be able to do 21 damage in one swing without them seeing it coming. Uh, yeah. It, and if you do, you're going to be able to do it once. Right. And oftentimes that's much, much later in the game. So uh, it's, you know, a Voltron kill... Uh, should be quicker than your opponents think, but it's rarely ever going to be instantaneous. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's about building that, building the deck, the deck properly. Um, the other part is, you know, we've already discussed that strategically the best way to do this is to swing at one opponent for the full 21 before moving on. Well, that makes sense in a logical sense but it's not always the best strategy because your opponents if you spread the wealth your opponents are much less likely to come after you because they suddenly have fear that you are <laughs> that you can wipe one person out that quickly right it's like oh so they're you know so i'm not going to get hit with you know 18 points of damage in one turn because you swung at me last time you might be swinging at somebody else the next time Right. So there's always that chance of maybe they're not gonna. And if you built that up so that their thought process in that is realistic, then you can get away with it. Um, and yeah. That becomes, I mean, it just becomes uh, part of playing the Voltron deck intelligently as opposed to, you know, I should do 21 to this person first. Well, wait a second. If you put you them know. at 16 commander damage. And then go to the next person. They're the first person's less likely to just like go all out on you turn after turn after turn because you can just 
hit once and put them out. Right. If one person, um, if the person that you that you've attacked twice already, right, and the next time it looks like you're going to kill them, if they have a sorcery that can stop you, they're going to use it because they know you're coming at them next by mixing it up. They're holding that sorcery and wondering, okay, do I play it this turn, or are they going to? You know, are they going to do seven points of damage to somebody else? In which case, I don't want to stop them. Mm. So if you're mixing it up a little bit, you'll, you, you can likely get in more damage early and not have to face so much removal focused at you or your, you and your commander. Yeah, definitely. So. And I think, too, like kind of along the same lines, it is helpful to just talk about it. Like, I mean, obviously don't, you know, be like, oh, no, I'm not going to come at you, but like, you know, if they're if they ask like, "Hey, if I don't stop you, can you not come at me?" Like, right when the when the if you're on the other side, obviously. Right. If, if the opponent, if it's somebody else's turn, you've already done some combat damage to them, and they look at their hand and they're looking at you, and they take that deep breath because they know they have to do what what they're you know what's in their hand, but they don't really want to. They don't want to waste it. Right. You know, it's okay to say it's not coming at you the next turn. Mm. I mean, that's all it takes. <laughs> you know, it won't come at you the next turn. Great. Moving on to the next. So then you go at somebody else the next turn. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I think the thing with going after one person time and time again is that if another player catches on and like tries to stop you then you can go after that person. You don't have to... Like, if you stick to your guns right. and you're like, I gotta get this person out, like, mm-hmm. uh, it may be more beneficial to look at who is targeting you. Right. Now, when I say this, mm-hmm. this is not to suggest that I think you should be swinging willy-nilly and at random with your commander at everybody or anybody and everybody because then the entire table is wondering where it's coming. Mm-hmm. Oh, it might be coming at me. If that maybe is realistic enough, then anybody who's got removal is going to be using it at you. And that's that's the first thing you're trying to avoid when playing as a Voltron commander. You want to limit the number of people who are actually going to use their removal against you. Yeah. So, um, you know, if everybody, if all of your opponents think that there's a 33% chance you're going to hit them, well, then there's a real good chance that one of them is going to play removal if they have it. You know, you want you want most you want all three of your opponents to think that there's a pretty low chance you're going to swing their way. <laughs> you you want everybody thinking, oh, I don't know, I don't, I think it's less than ten percent chance that he can, that he's going to swing my way. Yeah. At, you know, obviously <laughs> somebody has to be wrong, but um, it's certainly it, it's just something to to consider. Um, I really think the idea with the Voltron is. Um, not only do they work, it does. It, I think Voltron decks demand a certain level of uh, uh, political wherewithal when you're playing them. You really do want your, you really do have to work your opponents and make them understand that, uh, you know, or try and make each of them believe that they are not the the target or the next target. Right. Um, unless they've made it clear enough that they are, like. Obviously. Oh, but. once an opponent has decided that you're the problem, mm. well, yeah. I mean, you are the Voltron deck. 
if they've decided you're the problem and they're going to focus their full attention on you, well, then you need to focus your full attention on them. Yeah. And as someone who, and if you built your Voltron deck appropriately, you should be able to outrun whatever the hell they're going, whatever the hell they're trying <laughs> to throw at you to stuff you. So um, there's that. So um, the other part I like about uh, for Voltron commanders is uh, I find the decks tend to be unique. Um, now, I don't mean that the cards in the deck, you know, so that anybody who chooses Commander A, that their cards aren't all the same. What I'm saying is that almost nobody chooses Commander A in the first <laughs> place. Um, I think, I mean, and he's mentioned Lelia. There's just not that many Lelia decks out there, at least none that are, that are going that Voltron mode. Um, yeah, Yennet is not a particularly popular commander, and I would hazard a guess that most people don't run it as a Voltron commander. So there's a certain level of surprise there. Uh, there's novelty with this. You know, I, I love the idea of being able to show up at a at a command fest with the with uh, <clears throat> thinking that you know I might I will probably be the only Yennet deck that people face that that weekend. Yeah, and um, I, I would say even to the extent of something that's fairly straightforward, like Sir Gwyn, like, the, like the the amount of equipment and auras that you can that are out there just proves to be a boon for trying to build a Voltron deck because you right. have such a high uh, variance in what you can play, mm -hmm. like. If you just try to not do the best thing possible, then like it's super easy to be fairly creative with it. Right. I mean, we you know, we joked about our sponsor, <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, Fire Shrieker is one of those cards that's probably going to show up in most Yenit, most mm. uh, Voltron, Voltron decks. decks. Yeah. But there are so many other cards, there's so many other varieties and different things that that you can do. Uh, for with each commander that that really tailors into what that commander with what that commander offers um, it makes for uh, it makes for a lot of fun. it makes for a lot of interesting gameplay uh, interesting deck selections um, I mean yeah like there you know there's good there are going to be some duplicates but there's also going to be a lot of uh, individual cards that most most players won't have seen or honestly won't be expecting just because they're not used to seeing that many Voltron commanders and uh, yeah so yeah and I think kind of beyond that too like there is almost this there I found that with most of my Voltron commanders uh, there's been a card in each of the decks that kind of adds a bit of depth to the deck where you kind of see this one card and you're like oh this is how the deck should be going. Um, I mean, obviously with Sir Gwyn, you know, you've got your knights and you've got your equipment. Um, trying to find this card. I don't remember what it is. But, like, even if you are fairly redundant in the abilities of your equipment, sometimes equipment do, do multiple things. Or sometimes, like, having more equipment does a better thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've got your... You... Well, I mean, like, with Yennet, one of the cards in the deck prevents uh, creatures that have an even uh, an even mana value mm -hmm. from from attacking or block well from blocking maybe from attacking as well I can't recall but 
that's just not a card you're going to see anywhere else. And it's a huge boon to any... Uh, um, a huge boon to a Voltron deck, and it really fits the theme for Yennet. So, um, so it's in there, and it has worked wonders, uh, especially when you've already got a commander that flies and has menace. It makes it really difficult to find ways to block it when you need two flyers who who don't have an even and neither one of them can have an even mana value suddenly your opponents are really scrambling to try and find any way to block yeah but that's just you know that's one example from one from one commander um and this is true of most commanders that would become voltron so um, I can't find the card that I was looking for that yeah. kind of shaped how my deck ended up coming together. But something that I try to put in the decks that I can, especially decks that want to attack, um, uh, and especially, especially Voltron decks, uh, is a card called Bond of Discipline. It's from one of the Ravnica sets, I guess, mm-hmm. from War of the Spark, actually. Uh it's four and a white sorcery. Tap all creatures your opponents control. C- creatures you control gain lifelink until end of turn. Um, so this does... It's twofold, obviously. Um, where you kind of want effects that do both of these things in in Voltron decks. Where you want not only ways to get in, but ways to gain life. Because right. once you start hammering at people, they will learn and start to hammer back right uh, if you somehow get that one hit kill in with your commander and you it has lifelink then great you're 20 30 life yeah. up now uh and you do have that exceptionally easier time trying to get the next person right uh, love that card yeah um i guess the last thing i really wanted to hit on mm-hmm um, and Andy, I think you've already you already touched on this just a little bit. Oh well, um, I'll just sit the rest of the episode out. Good, we're done. Thanks, thanks <laughs> my folks. Um, what did, the idea was um, how you're going to play the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like you said with Lelia, peop, you know your opponents want to see what it's what is what is it going to do. Right, they like, want to see you exile a very expensive card that you can't play. Right. They want to, you know, they want to see that interaction and and see the weirdness. Mm. So, uh, quite often, you get you'll get a little more, uh, um, little more play Lenience. on the line. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The, they'll be a little more lenient, a little more willing to let you go a little longer than maybe they should. Um, and it's just a lot of times, it's just it's not even a question of how you know how you do your um you know what is your strategy but how you're playing the deck and by that i mean um you know are you excited are you grinning about it are you uh are you you know uh are you grumpy and you know ripping the top card and throwing and you know tossing it in your hand with disgust yes every time right uh or you know when you're playing it, are you super excited to, to flip over that card that's going into exile? Also, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, when I play Yennet, you swing with the, you know, you go to the attack, swing, before the blocks are declared, oh, let's flip that top card, let's see what we got. And 
you make it into a game show. Mm. You know, I'm grabbing that top card. I'm going to palm that sucker and I'm going to slam that thing down on the table. And then we'll all get a good laugh because it's a land. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Or it's, you know, or it's a one mana artifact that isn't going to do anything for combat. Right. Uh, or it's in Garrick's wake. Ugh. And it's just like, boom. Whoa. It's not only and, instant speed now, but it's at the right. exact moment you'd need it. And so nobody has to think about blockers because there are no blockers. Right. So it's just, but you take that and every single card that gets flipped over is a moment. Yeah. It's something that people think about and they're like, wow, do you remember that time? You know, when you hit the Ingarrick's Wake, that was amazing. Remember that time when all you needed was to flip over a card that would give your creature plus one, and you would have enough to do the to do the uh, uh, the commander damage to kill me, but you flipped it over and it gave your creature uh, plus zero plus one instead. Can mm. you believe it? That was so insane. And it's just people are going to remember those moments, and they want to see them. Yeah. So it means that. Maybe Yennick gets to swing one more time. Um, maybe, you know, however, whatever the situation is. And, like, I mean, we've just described two cards where there's a... Essentially, it's, it's a quasi-chaotic moment. Um, but everybody can have this. Yeah. With virtually any deck. You just have to be super excited about this. You know... You're about to play the card. It's like, man, I have been dying to play this game all this card all night. <laughs> and just make people excited. Yeah. About about your deck because you were so excited about this. And I I have watched some players who can do this and who I just you just feed off of it. It's oh like, yeah. I can't wait to play that that person again. I don't care what deck they're playing. Maybe next time they'll play a deck that's just going to run me over. But they're so excited and super happy and they can't wait to see this happen. The, and yeah, the best kind of players to play against are the ones that like you want to be run over by. Like that that they exude that energy that you're just like, oh, yeah, kill me. Like <laughs> Right. And and those, you know, a lot of these players, you know, you'll see players who get that kind of energy from the the plays they're going to do. Well, when you're playing your Voltron deck, you have that kind of energy, but you maintain that energy on their turn. Mm. So when they put out, you know, when they get that second blocker so that they can stuff your command, you'd be like, no, in that over-exaggerated, <laughs> ridiculous way. Yeah. Uh, you know, or you were as excited for their plays and the, in the game interaction as you are for your plays. And I think uh, that style of play just carries um it, it goes it, it it goes so far in uh you know the kind of deck that you're playing and what people will tolerate and what they won't um and there are some players that may not care for care for voltron um and there are times when you do take somebody out early mm. and it's like i'm so sorry it just <laughs> It had to happen. You were you were so clearly gonna, you know, you were about to march over the entire table. I it had to happen now. Yeah, and you know, essentially, you're explaining it as you are you were too awesome to be allowed to continue <laughs> to play. And, and I think yeah, and that goes a long way. It really does. So you know, I, just something to keep in mind. I think it really touches on a lot of good points of like you are the table that you make it, right, um, and. I think that 
like it can't be said enough in terms of like you need to be excited for other people's big plays you need to be i've seen plenty of people not even excited for their own big plays and it just make oh god it just drags down the whole game it just right turns I mean, this game into something way too serious and people like i know personally i feed off of other people's energies like the or the energy that they're putting out of like ah oh, uh and if there's nothing coming back i'm just it's just draining and i'm just like oh. right like the, oh great this next card is just a land okay like it just and then it's a feedback loop which is terrible but somebody's got to break it. Right. I mean, we've all played against that person who plays the Cyclonic Rift to save themselves, but sets the game back forever, and then doesn't still doesn't even give the feedback. Mm. It isn't that, oh, yeah, okay, I finally managed to hang in there. This is the, you know... Yeah. Well, thank God I managed to, I managed to get this, car, this, this card into play, and, and I managed to get this done so that, you know... So that we can all survive for another turn or, you know, look for, you know, we get a little more time to find answers or something. But too many times it's just, I'm playing the Rift. Everybody returns their cards to their hand. You play a few more rounds. But there's no, there's no feedback. It was just rote. Yeah. And I'm like, man. You're no, play no. That's a, that's a white card. Ha ha ha. It just... If you're, if you're going to run Voltron, mm -hmm. uh, and for that matter, virtually any deck. Yeah. If you're going to play Magic. Be upbeat. In a uh, in, social capacity. Like, it, it will take, it will take uh, you know, questionable plays. It will take, uh, you know, powerful decks and make players just excited to play with you. And yeah. that's really something to think about. Um, and... You know, especially with Voltron, because like I said, there are times when you do become the target, or yeah. when you have to take somebody out early, or whatever the situation. You want to be upbeat. You want to be excited. You put that positive spin on it as best you can. Yeah. Um, and just try and make it work. I think beyond that too, like it's not even necessarily be perfect. Like you're gonna have bad days. Nobody's nobody's saying you're not. Sometimes you get home from a 10 hour day at work and you're playing magic and you're just like god why is this happening uh but like if everybody at the table is at least trying to put in the effort to bring that energy up right it's going to be a lot easier for you who at the end of a long day at work uh it, it's going to be easier for you to also bring that uh, right or at least like it's going to be at least a little infectious you know yeah there's a chance yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, we're gonna call it here. We're gonna go play some magic. People are starting to show up on our stoop, so we're gonna play some magic. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, we'll be back next week with an episode about something. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Stay cool. We're gonna turn the AC back on now. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. Have a great night, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye. Wait, wait, before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at manaburned and I'm at andyweekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. 
subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there, leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!